For even more in-depth thoughts and opinions on the most recent releases and all of your favorite films, be sure to follow True Critic on Twitter at RideQuistJake. True Critic is always releasing fresh, spoiler-free analyses on movies every week and is always open to suggestions on films that you would like him to watch. Once again, that's True Critic on Twitter at RideQuistJake. That's at R-Y-D-Q-U-I-S-T-J-A-K-E. Welcome back to yet another episode of the True Critic Podcast. I am once again delighted to be joined by my personal friend and college roommate, Cam Zierick. Cam, how are we today? Hey, Jace. I'm doing well. Oh, man. Well, today should be an interesting discussion. We uh, most recently talked about our top 10 movies of 2019. And now yep. looking ahead, we're going to get into our most anticipated movies of 2020. We each yes. have five films we want to talk about. And before we get into that, Cam... Looking at the films slated to come out in 2020, how do you how do you feel about 2020 in terms of movies? I'm excited, but I think a lot of the movies that I'm anticipating like might not be as good as I anticipate just cuz yeah. they kind of walk that line between oh this is definitely going to be like a solid movie. Yeah. And like it might not be um but just like the previous couple of years, most of the movies I end up loving mm-hmm. are movies that I'm not Exactly. Yeah, same for me. And I mean, it was true with 2019. Most of the movies on my list were movies I hadn't even heard of yeah. going into the year. And with uh, 2020, scrolling through the movies slated to come out this new year. New decade. I'm, yeah, new decade. And I'm not going to lie, just from what we're supposed to get, it doesn't look nearly as strong as 2019. No, absolutely and, not. And we, had dis- we had discussed together that 2019 was an excellent year for movies and while there are certainly some films I'm really, really, really excited for, yeah, I, I just, I feel like there's a lot that really isn't that, really isn't worth. It seems like it's not going to be worth my time. Yeah, and I mean we've got the newest phase of the MCU starting. We've got films like Black Widow, Black Widow, and Eternals coming out. Yeah, I don't think either of those films are on either of our lists. Nope. At least in the top five. I mean, I'm sure we'll both see them. Yeah. And I, I would say I'm more hopeful for Eternals. Um, yeah, cause cause, it's new. Yeah, and when Guardians of the Galaxy came out in 2014, yeah. it was completely under the radar. And so our top fives, though, are two lists we made without talking to each other at all. Nope. But before the show, when we exchanged lists, we found out our three, two, and one on our lists are all the, are the same. The exact same, yeah. And so we will. I'm sure we'll have some great discussions about those. We both have different number fours and fives, though. Yeah. But um. There's just a couple other movies I want to hit that um, uh, aren't going to be on our lists, but I want to see how you're feeling about them going into the new year. And um, one of them is uh, Wonder Woman 1984. How do you feel about that? I really enjoy the trailer. I think the music is great. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, the, of Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. and um, the action styles look very similar to how that movie was, mm-hmm. so I'm definitely looking forward to it, but yeah. not in my top five. Yeah, I agree. I think Gal Gadot's... A, perfect wonder woman yeah i really i enjoyed patty jenkins first movie i don't think it was as great as everyone says it was i feel like it was really 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 similar to the first captain america (laughs) but (laughs) i mean just obviously there's stuff with about her amazonian past and stuff like that though it felt very new and it was really cool but i don't think it's stuck with me as definitely not one of my favorite superhero movies of the 2010s but uh yeah i'm excited for it it reminds me a lot of 
especially from the trailer when they're showing shots of shopping malls in the 1980s. It reminds me a lot of the most recent season of Stranger Things. Yeah, I, was, which, I thought the exact same. Which that whole tone and that setting really, I thought really worked well for that. And I think it'll work well for this movie too. Yeah. Um, another movie I want to hit on is um, The King's Man. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so I loved the first scene of the movie. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies like, yeah. like to this day. Um, the second movie I still really like, even though it's not as good as the first. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned being a prequel. Yeah. Uh, but I am hopeful that it will have the same like energy of the two yeah. predecessors. I definitely the best thing going forward is Matthew Vaughn returning. Who yeah. directed the first two, and you're right. I'm also a little concerned with it being a prequel because I definitely think we could have done Kingsman with Three, a third movie, yeah. and made it a trilogy, and that would have been just fine by me because yeah. I absolutely love the first movie just like you. I think you like the second one more than I do, but I still have some aspects of appreciation for it. But that first Kingsman is endlessly rewatchable and yeah. is always entertaining and then uh two more quick movies i want to talk about one is um a quiet place part two how do you feel about I'm, that i'm interested because when when i watched a quiet place i didn't it, it didn't scream sequel to me oh definitely not no. so i'm interested but again hesitant it, yeah. like i said before there's a lot of movies that could go either way yeah exactly year. yeah i'm definitely hesitant for it and i think a big part of it is just that a quiet the first quiet place was not or it took off and it was way more successful than i think yeah Krasinski and Paramount alike thought it would be but um uh I see Emily Blunt was definitely the high point of the first Quiet Place for me she was great and but I 100% think that movie doesn't work if it's not for John Krasinski yeah and I mean if anybody knows anything about this new one John John Krasinski's not in it he's not acting in this movie nope and while I think there could still be a very interesting family dynamic I don't know if it'll be as interesting yeah I I really it handled the well one. though. Yeah, it could play a like, right. Yeah, it's one of those. It could go either way. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we haven't seen a full trailer yet or anything, but uh, I'm excited for it, but I'm skeptical. Yeah. And then, last movie I want to talk about that's not on either of our top fives is uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, so I love uh, Harley Quinn and mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. She's a bright spot in that movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but the trailer combined with like some of the uh, like advertisements, I just I don't have the excitement for it that I probably should have yeah i yeah harley quinn is my favorite thing about suicide squad yeah. the movie at least and i'm really excited to see her return and i'm really glad the movie's rated r now that yeah. doesn't mean it's going to be a good movie right off the bat but i'm glad they're doing that yeah i'm glad they got that approved. and i'm glad we're going to see characters we haven't seen before like black canary and huntress but it's another movie that i am incredibly skeptical about because you're right yeah. the trailers are not great no they look very um as compared to other action movies, I would say the word that comes to mind for me is unfinished. Yeah. It has this very, like, it looks like it was shot on a soundstage in a lot of scenes. It doesn't feel nearly as immersive as, like, other, you know, film, other superhero films, let alone other R-rated superhero films like Deadpool or Logan. Yeah, and um, even though I thought she was great as Holly Quinn, and I still think she's going to be great, mm-hmm. s- some of the uh, scenes in the trailer she kind of feels like she's forcing it almost yeah and i i don't blame her as much as i blame the writing because yeah, i agree that's fair. some of the lines she's given in that trailer yeah. i'm like they're really really like, odd it almost feels like they took lines directly from the comic books and that doesn't yeah, always work exactly yeah it definitely doesn't it always can work. work but doesn't always work right yeah all right so 2020 we're a little skeptical about but there's definitely some movies yeah. we're really looking forward to so this is going to work similar to our top 10 of 2019 list where we're going to go back and forth sharing our um our most anticipated of the year. So let's kick this off with your number five, Cam. What do you got at number five? Okay, so my number five is Godzilla versus Kong. So 
this movie again like i'm not expecting this to be like a masterpiece or anything mm-hmm. like that oh yeah but uh for, off of kong skull island and godzilla and then godzilla kingdom monsters i have different opinions about each of those three movies yeah. but it's all been building to this one yeah where godzilla finally gets to fight kong and i'm just really stoked to see how that's gonna go down yeah i think there is limitless opportunities yeah. of what you can do with this and i really really hope it's as satisfying as i want it to be yeah because i have like i'm very similar with you. i've uh very different opinions about each of those movies i think um they get progressively worse as like yeah. in chronological order. Like I, fu- I thought the first Godzilla, the one directed by Gareth Edwards from 2014 was honestly a pretty good movie. Yeah, I like think it's a movie. solid movie. And I mean, people complain that, can- that Godzilla is not in it enough and I can see where they're coming from, but I thought it made the Godzilla moments that we do get even better because yeah. Godzilla was definitely awesome in that movie. And Kong with its, um, Kong Skull Island with its, uh, with its, it's got a really good ensemble cast, but, uh, I think there there's a lot to be desired there, but yeah, easily was, the best thing about that movie is Kong. Yeah, Kong, Kong is, is awesome. awesome in every scene he's in. Yeah, and King of the Monsters was not great. No, was that was my least favorite of the oh, three movies. I agree, and but still, there's definitely some moments with the monsters within that movie, especially Godzilla, that are certainly awesome and could definitely lead to something even cooler in a movie like Godzilla vs. And Kong. Uh, it's interesting because Godzilla from 2014 in my opinion, has the best character work of the three. Oh, by far, yeah. And then the most recent one, King of the Monsters, has by far the worst character oh, work. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. So, I mean, they seem to be going down the wrong path, but they've said from the beginning it's leading to this. Yeah. And I I think I'm a little skeptical about it, but at the same time, even if it's a bad movie, I'm almost positive there's still going to be some really enough, awesome moments. If there's enough Kong and Godzilla, I'll I'm be sure it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number five is um, one of two Pixar movies coming out this year. And that is Onward, directed by Dan Scanlon. And it's got the voice talents of Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Octavia Spencer, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And the most um, inviting thing about this movie for me is that it takes place in this fantasy world yeah. with um, unicorns and like goblins and all that. But it's suburban. Yeah. And that <laughs> it incorporates stuff that we are used to today into it's this like fantasy realm. Yeah, it is. And um, I think... A little bit more like kid-friendly. A little bit, yeah. I don't think I think uh, Zootopia was. Um, it really tried to. It was almost be, too mature. Yeah, it was really trying to be political and have these yeah. messages, and it was. It was very interesting that they made that decision. Felt kind of out of place for me a little bit, but with this one, I think that it looks so incredibly fun, and with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt as the two leads, two incredibly charismatic guys, yeah, especially with their voices, exactly. Their range of like, yeah. I'm really excited to see this one. And I mean, in typical Pixar fashion, the animation obviously looks great from yeah. the trailers. Looks like it's going to be a really fun movie. A lot of different um, fun adventures that there are fun um, instances that will happen along their adventure. And Dan Scanlon is from Michigan and he's from somewhere less than 30 minutes away from us. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, knowing that someone that close to us has made it this far in his career. Pixar. But yeah, I'm very excited for Onward, and I think it's a good segue into your number four. What's your number four, Cam? Yeah, so I'm also excited for Onward, but yeah. uh, the other Pixar movie has me a little bit more mm-hmm. excited. That's Soul. Yeah. Uh, so uh, again, it's a Pixar movie, so obviously I'm going to be excited for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited for this one because the writer of this movie has done, in my opinion, the best Pixar movies. He's written yeah. the screenplays for both Up and Inside Out, and then he's also responsible for the original stories behind Monsters, Inc., Wally, and both one and two of Toy Story, yeah. which, in my opinion, are the top-tier 
Pixar movies. Yeah, Soul would probably come in at like number six for me. I'm very excited for this movie, and the teaser trailer that we do have is very cool. Yeah, it has vibe or it has almost these Inside Out vibes. Yep, but it's got this this music that you can just tell just from the trailer is going to be so incredibly just like enthralling Special. and just enthralling in its own way. Not yeah. that it's like intense, but just that it's immediately just going to sweep over you and just really just. I really hope the the way the trailer seems, it looks like the music's going to play almost like a character all of its own in this movie, and I think that's really, really cool, and I'm really excited to see where this movie goes. Now, it, it's a jazz movie, right? Like, music, I mean. Yeah, jazz. I believe so. And, that's what they made it seem like. And based off of its track record, jazz in movies has been great. Indeed, so. yeah. Uh-huh. I wish Damien Chazelle was involved with Soul, because <laughs> that Maybe would make he's a producer. it even better. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. But, uh, yeah, Soul should be really good, and uh, Pixar... I would say is looking like going into 2020 the definitely the one of the only bright spots. Yeah, especially because the past year or two Pixar hasn't really right, done anything yeah. too. It's been crazy. very sequel. Sequel, heavy, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's nice to see two original movies coming out and both yep. look very, very good. Yep. All right, so my number four is No Time to Die, the new James Bond movie yes. coming out. It's got Daniel Craig returning as James Bond, which I'm very excited for because he's my personal favorite Bond. It's got Ana de Armas as a Bond girl, which yeah. I'm very excited for. She yeah, shines her. in Knives Out, Blade Runner 2049, and I'm really excited to see her in more films. Yep. It's got Rami Malek as a Bond villain, which I think could be really, really interesting. Yeah. His first major role since Bohemian Rhapsody and his Oscar win. Yep. And then Christoph Waltz is also returning as a Bond villain uh, from the previous film Spectre, which I wasn't huge on. But that was um, that was directed by Sam Mendes, and who has gone on record saying that he did not enjoy the filming process of making Bond movies. Really? Yeah. He said that it felt like too much pressure almost, and it felt like you couldn't win. Okay. Which is interesting. And I think that's the case a lot of big movies, seems, unfortunately. Yeah, it seems what it's getting to with franchises. Yeah. But the director of this film is Kerry Joji Fukunaga, which I hope mm. I'm saying that yeah. right. <laughs> he does not have very much um, credits to his name. He's directed a couple episodes of True Detective on HBO. He's directed a couple episodes of Maniac, the Netflix show with Jonah Hill. And he directed the film Beasts of No Nation. Which, which I've seen. That is yeah. a great movie. Yeah. He has a very interesting filmography, and he yeah. looks like he handles these serious subjects very well. Yeah. And I think, and based on the trailer we've gotten of No Time to Die, I think it looks like it's going to be handled very well. I think the action looks spectacular. And I'm really, really curious to see how he does with this movie. And I'm really excited to see a story about an aging Bond. Yeah. You know, a Bond, the story says that it's like Bond being dragged back into action. And I think that could make for a really, really compelling story um, paired with some uh, really interesting characters. And I hope that it's as good as I want it to be because I really enjoy um, Casino Royale and Skyfall. Yeah. All right. So we, we stated earlier that your three... Your number two and your number one are the same as my three, Identical, two, and one. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about our number three first, which is Last Night in Soho. Yeah. Which probably not a lot of you have heard of yet. There's nothing. There's no trailers or anything that have come out for this movie, but it's directed by Edgar Wright, and it's starring Anya Taylor Joy from Split and Glass, and um, it's described as a horror thriller, but it takes place in 1960s London, and it says that London is not as it seems. Yeah. Um, also, Anya Taylor-Joy has done not only the two movies you mentioned, but she also does in The Witch, True. which is a horror movie. Yeah. So. I, yeah. She's a, yeah, And I mean, she handled, I thought, because Split was the first thing I saw her in. Yeah. And I thought she she shined in that movie. Yeah. James McAvoy, I mean, standing side by side with him, who had a really, really phenomenal performance. 
I thought she did an excellent job next to him. She was fine in glass, too. Yeah, I don't uh, think yeah. she was the issue with glass. Yeah, she was not the issue with glass, but that's a conversation for a different day. Yeah. But Edgar Wright, I think, is by far one of the most interesting filmmakers we have today. Yeah, he's uh, his most recent is Baby Driver. Yeah. But even before that, he did kind of a trilogy of the sorts right. of... Uh, the World's End, Hot Fuzz, and Song of the Dead, which I think all three are all three are very awesome. great yeah. and uh, funny. I personally like those more than Baby Driver, but I know Baby Driver definitely has more of a mainstream following. Yeah. I know a lot more people that have seen Baby Driver than yeah. have seen his Cornetto trilogy. But nevertheless, all four of those movies are great. Yes. And I think he has such a knack for pacing and comedy and just interest, interesting characters and interesting situations. Yeah, he and definitely has a unique style. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, when you see a movie that's directed by Edgar Wright, you know it's his movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in an era where everything feels so saturated movies and a lot of the movies that come out feel like something you've seen before, yeah, his films always feel fresh. And they're not too much in your face either. It's like oh, yeah. he's not, like, trying to bombard you with, like, his technical skills behind the camera. Exactly. It's subtle, but you know that it's him. It, yeah, it's subtle, but it's also unlike Unique. anything else you're yeah. going to see. Yeah. So yeah, last night in Soho, even though there's not much out about it, not many, not too many details out about it, I'm yeah. still incredibly excited for it. And um, that's not until November, though, right? I believe. Yeah, it's later in the year. Yeah. All three of these movies are about to talk about, are, except for except for number two, it's um, end of summer. Yeah. And, but uh, that so Edgar Wright is a guy that releases a movie every couple of years. Yeah. You know, so movies that come out by him are an event. Yeah. And that is the same thing that happens with the director of our number two film. And our number two film is Tenet, directed yes. by Christopher Nolan. And it's another thriller dealing with time and uh, also says evolution. So yep. it looks like it. Um, yeah, that was interesting to me, evolution. Yeah. So it looks like it's a, um, basically expounding on the ideas expressed in Inception. Yes. And some people have even theorized that it's maybe a closeted sequel hmm. to Inception, which interesting wouldn't bother me, but... Anytime Nolan gets behind the camera, I, I'm instantly in. Yeah, and the trailer for this movie just recently came out, and I thought oh, yeah. the trailer was was really great. The trailer is awesome. Didn't reveal yeah. like that much. Oh, I yeah. think uh, the main actor... Uh, John David Washington. John David Washington. Yeah. He's Denzel's great. Denzel's kid. He was, yeah, he was great in Black Klansman. <laughs> he was. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for him. Yeah, the movie. cast is great. It's got uh, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson's in it again, or Robert Pattinson's in it, and yes. coming off the lighthouse. Yes. I'm, I will see anything with Robert Pattinson these days and that also has aaron taylor johnson who played kick-ass in yeah. the kick-ass movies and yeah this is an incredibly interesting movie mainly because nobody knows what it's about yeah we've already seen trailers for which it which is a lot of the times the case with christopher yeah. nolan That's movies. A, yeah he has this way of um crafting these narratives that if you're not paying attention it won't make any sense yeah and it's the same with his batman movies as it was with inception as it was with dunkirk yeah they require so much attention and I absolutely love that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it demands something out of the audience, which I wish more films did today. And that's why every time a Nolan film comes out, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he is honestly he's yet to let me down. I mean, yeah. even his most recent film, Dunkirk, which even though it has a lot of um, critical and uh, commercial success, a lot of people I talked to about the movie say they don't like it. Yeah, they yeah. said I have no idea what was going on, and and it's just like you just they weren't paying enough attention. That's the I thing guess. with Christopher Nolan films; you've got to know what you're getting into yeah. beforehand. Yeah, because he's not concerned mm-hmm. about like trying to please any exactly. mainstream audience. He crafts his movie for I love like, that yeah. himself almost. Like yeah, he wants to make the movie he wants to make. Exactly. I love that he's could not care less about pleasing the audience yeah. but yet all of his movies are so commercially successful yeah when all these movies that just try to pander which you don't see often try to pander to different 
select group of fans yeah just bomb at the box office yep yeah nolan is just such an engaging filmmaker and i am beyond excited for tenet and staying online with interesting filmmakers perhaps i'm confident this is both of our favorite filmmaker of the decade probably that is true is our number one film is collectively it's dune directed by denis villeneuve who has had quite the decade of the 2010s he has especially in the genre of sci-fi yes mm-hmm. and so, um this is uh there's a original dune which i believe came out in 1960 yeah, yeah it's old yeah. I, it's really it's out there uh i've never seen it but i've heard little things about it but m- mm-hmm. the main attraction for me with this movie is denis behind the camera oh yeah and like yeah the same thing with me i i know nothing about the yeah. mythology of dune nope. but if i could only see one movie in 2020 i would pick dune me as well yep. i mean the movies Denis Villeneuve has released in the 2010s are Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, and Blade Runner 2049, which are all amazing which are movies. all just fantastic movies. Yes, some of the best of the decade. All the, all five of those movies, and with Dune, he's returning to the sci-fi genre, which he's done with Blade Runner 2049 and um, Arrival. Arrival, yeah, and Blade Runner 2049 doesn't get enough credit, I think, because um. It long. Wasn't, it's long. It didn't do as well financially yeah. as um I think the studios had hoped it would. I think I think they overestimated the uh like the following of Blade Runner. I uh, yeah definitely Blade Runner. I don't think is um as iconic as certain they studios think it, it is. To be, yeah, yeah, but I those Warner Bros that well, yeah Warner Brothers did um uh twenty forty nine yeah. But I love the first Blade Runner and I yes yeah you do too and uh, oh yeah it's Blade, iconic. Yeah. Blade Runner 2049 might be even better. One of the most, yeah. Blade Runner 2049 is probably the best sequel I've ever seen. Um, And uh, it's just uh, Mm -hmm. Roger Deakins' cinematography is one Finally got a win for it there, yeah. And, yeah. Music is great, too. Yeah, and one of the most appealing things about Dune is the cast. Do you want to run us down on the cast? Yeah, so uh, the cast for Dune has uh, Timothy Chalamet, who... uh, Obviously, yeah. it seems like he gets an He's Oscar a young nomination star. every yeah, year. Exactly. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, who is in a lot of great action movies. She's very talented. Oscar Isaac. He's Poe in Star Wars. Oh, so yeah. um, Zendaya. Uh, Jason Momoa, Aquaman. So mm-hmm. he's big time. Josh Brolin, who uh, Thanos. Thanos <laughs> yep. uh, Dave Bautista, who is in Blade Runner 2049. He was, yeah. Uh, and then Javier Bardem, who uh, is oh, yeah. great in yeah. almost every no role. No Country for Old Men, Skyfall. Yes. Dave Bautista, I forgot he he was in Blade Runner twenty four. Opening scene, yeah, yeah, he is the opening scene. He's I don't think he's in it outside of that scene. No, he's but just yeah. in that scene. And he's also Drax in Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy. Yes. He's a very versatile cast. Worked with Denis before. Yeah, he has worked with Denis before, and there is so much you could do with that cast, yeah. top to bottom. That is just It'll such be interesting a talented cast. To see how much screen time this cast takes. I, up. Yeah, I, I think I mean, a majority yeah. of it. Well, because my understanding is Dune has something to do about this, like this, like small, like I think like child or person that they need to like keep safe mm-hmm. and i feel like that's gonna have a lot to do with timothy, Ch- timothy chalamet probably he might be the like the lead yeah. character and yeah i think it doesn't have something to do with like somebody young coming into power or something about something along those yeah. lines i don't know like like a, we, we don't know much about dune i've only just read the yeah. synopsis for the exactly yep, movie. same <laughs> but uh yeah denis behind the camera is is it has become an event yes similar to nolan and similar to edgar wright where it's just that's the movie you're gonna go see that weekend it's not even a question yeah and you just can't wait to see what they do and you're just consistently blown away and this project has been in the working now for i think this is like i think he started this back in like 2017 yeah after blade runner 2049 came out 
So that's the thing. They take so long because their their oh, movies yeah. are so artistic. They're, they're so just like grand and yeah. scale and just just mind boggling. And I really am excited to see what he does with the visuals in this movie because the visuals in Blade Runner twenty forty nine were sensational. Yeah, even with Arrival, which was a smaller scale sci fi movie. Yeah, was but still Arrival sets itself apart with like the themes. It does. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. If he can find a way to kind of do what he's yeah. done with all these movies yeah. and kind of culminate all in the Dune. Yeah. Could be and something special. Blade Runner was definitely very deep yes. thematically as well. And I, I think all of his movies are, honestly, and they don't yes. get enough credit for that. Because, no, I mean, he's not. dealt with kidnapping, yeah. drug cartels, yeah. a guy dealing with his doppelganger, yep. and then... Knowing your whole life before it even happens. Exactly. And then Blade Runner 2049 also. Yep. And I think that this is the perfect project for him to take on at this p- point in his career. Yep. Because, I mean, Dune already has a fan base. It's not very it's not, not big. very big. No. But there is definitely a Dune fan base. And I really like that he's taking on another property because even though that happens a lot in movies today, what he did with Blade Runner was so new yeah. and so just visceral. So I'm really excited to see how he transforms another property and makes it all his own. And I think with Dune especially um, – I like I said I've never seen it, but um, he has a chance to take this like original movie and take his own ideas and vision with it, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's going to be a lot like grittier than the original Dune oh, probably was, yeah. and uh, it it was so long ago that like not a lot of people are going to know about it, right? So it's going to feel wholly original. Yeah, I feel like definitely, but yeah, for mainstream audiences, is definitely going to feel like something I yeah. think they've never seen before, which you could benefit from. Yeah, definitely. All right, well. That wraps up our favorite or our most anticipated movies of 2020. I think we're both very excited for the films we've mentioned here, but also a little skeptical about some of them. But uh, coming off of 2019, which was we as we mentioned, a great year. 2020 should be be tough to live up. It's gonna be tough to live up to it, but it should be a very fun ride at the same time. So that concludes this episode of the True Critic Podcast. Thanks for joining me, Cam. Thank you. True Critic Podcast is a production of Coat Media Group. I'm Jake Rydquist, the host, writer, and executive producer of the True Critic Podcast. Our producers are Teddy Hirschfield and Kobe Manzo. Our executive producer is Teddy Hirschfield, and our associate producer is Kobe Manzo. Our theme song is Tech Knowledge by Peter Spacey, found from Artlist.io. Coat Media Group is your source for professional, quality, video editing, and audio content for corporate and personal video production. You can contact Coat Media Group at coat.mediagroup at gmail.com or you can visit their website at www.coatmediagroup.weebly.com.